0: Before we get into the episode, a quick reminder that this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and nothing should be construed as investment or legal advice. Now for a word from OnRamp, OnRamp is a Bitcoin asset management platform built on multi-institution custody. Leveraging our partnerships with industry veterans BitGo and CoinCover, OnRamp's multi-institution custody is a segregated vault, requiring two of three institutions at any point in time to to sign once a client's unique permissions have been met. Our industry-leading best-in-class approach to custody helps individuals and institutions secure new and existing Bitcoin positions. All keys are held in deep cold storage and kept 100% offline, managed with institutional grade security best practices. The custody solution eliminates single points of failure and reduces counterparty risks, ensuring maximum security and peace of mind. OnRamp's suite of products includes our custody offering, a spot Bitcoin fund, private wealth services and inheritance planning, and managed wealth for advisors. Whether you're new to Bitcoin or a veteran in the space, we would love to connect with you to understand your needs and how we can serve you. Please visit our website at onrampbitcoin.com where you can schedule a consultation and connect directly with our team. Let's be clear, Bitcoin is an international asset. We are spending like drunken sailors. Bitcoin is the only economic entity where
1: the supply is unaffected by the demand.
2: If you
0: want to preserve your wealth, you have to convert that currency into an asset that's scarce, desirable, portable, durable, and maintainable.
1: my name is andy edstrom and i'm thrilled to welcome you to the second episode of scarce assets a show that examines scarcity the most fundamental driver of economics and markets and the scarcest asset of all which is bitcoin today i'm happy to be here with my co-host jesse myers and our guest the brilliant jeff booth now i had the privilege of saying a few things about jeff just like our guest last week preston pish Jeff is a professional investor, both in Bitcoin and outside of Bitcoin. He's an entrepreneur and an investor and probably the clearest, most cogent communicator of complex uh, topics that I've ever met. Um, I'd say this skill is most evident in his exceptional book, The Price of Tomorrow, which I have read cover to cover twice and can attest that it's one of the best books I've read in years and I'm constantly recommending it to people. Now, Jeff is currently investing in Bitcoin companies on behalf of Ego Death Capital, and in the interactions I've had with him over the years, I've found him to be extraordinarily kind, not least because he came out of nowhere and wrote a review of my book, uh, and I couldn't be happier to have him as our guest on Scarce Assets. So, Jeff, how are you today? Did you get any sleep last week? Uh, I don't think my man Jesse here did.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm excellent. Thanks. Uh, and thanks for having me on. Uh, Honored to be f- following Preston on this as your second guess.
1: Well, I, uh, I'm i super excited to talk to you. We both are. And, uh, you know, I think I'm just going to dive right in with, uh, with the big question, which is I want to take full advantage here of your skills at distilling complexity into simplicity. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the big question here, if you don't mind. Would you be willing to give us the potted version of your thesis both about deflation and why bitcoin is the only practical solution you found for our system as it exists today
2: sure the um and 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 i think this is I, i think it's so insanely simple that uh that 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 people get confused about how confusing the existing system is meant to be To confuse them but it's insanely simple Um, the the natural state of a free market is deflationary and and why is that because we search for things that give us more value Um, and we use things we don't use things that give us less value so entrepreneurs creating more value for us and us using the things that provide us more value the output of that is is deflation over the long term short term you can have supply constraints, you can have uh, certain things. But over the long term, what entrepreneurs would do or what people do, we solve problems to create more value. That is the natural course of the the free market. Um, And technology is a lever on that, that, that we invent to make the job easier. And the technology is moving exponentially. So those two things given together, then what should be happening in the overall global market is is prices should be falling prices should be falling through that action to all people on the planet and people on the planet should be able to work less and get more on a, on a never-ending scale um but we don't live in that system we live in a system based on debt which needs in and, and if the debt were and if the pricing was allowed to fall the debt would reset and the debt would and the debt would collapse. And every single thing in the world has counterparty other than Bitcoin has counterparty risk to that system failing. And uh, um, so we put up with a system that we uh, that we constantly increase the monetary units to drive inflation and essentially devalue currencies um, to be able to make prices go up. And and so why why Bitcoin in that is is it's imposing that discipline on the world. So if you're measuring from Bitcoin, all prices are falling and they're falling exponentially and they will forever. They'll continue to fall because it's decentralized and secure and hard capped. And so what what drives the confusion is most people are measuring from the other system. And even when they're measuring Bitcoin, they're measuring Bitcoin price which actually reinforces that they're measuring the price through the lens of the debasing system. So it's actually a very, very simple concept. It's, it's Prices fall to the marginal cost of production over a long period of time, period. Every economist would not, no economists would argue that. Um, and Bitcoin is measuring that happening. And so if you're choosing to measure from something other than Bitcoin, then you're choosing to measure um, a system that's increasing prices by decreasing the value of your money rather than a system that's allowing abundance to flow to you.
1: Not that distillation. It, it's
3: such a good summary there, Jeff, and, and I have to also jump on what Andy said earlier, complimenting your book there. Uh, it was one of the important things I needed to read. It was sort of half dependent for me coming from. Coming from the, the traditional establishment worldview about you know, everything I learned in business school um, about how the world works how business works how money works and I needed that that book to use the the framework that I understood of like technology exponentially improves to then create this this uh, point out the dissonance there like well technology exponentially improves yet we have this monetary system that's incompatible with it. And that was a necessary thing for me coming from the establishment worldview. I guess I said that as an encouragement to anybody out there who's having trouble getting through to a friend or colleague about Bitcoin, uh, you kind of need to start with the price of tomorrow um, as like a, the, the fertile ground for sowing the seed of Bitcoin before you can really have conversations with somebody
2: Who's an MBA, for example, Jesse, you know, what that means a ton and thank you for, uh, for that, it, but it, but it, actually it's broader than kind of it, our lives are impacted by other people impacting us, right? That the, we, we don't see something and all of a sudden we do, right. We, sometimes we don't, we can't even point, put the th- finger on what it is that changed our mind. And then we then we're, our mind is forever changed. Um, and and or we see something that never existed before in our lives and once we see it we can't unsee it and so we don't know how that how that travels and we also don't typically talk about so reinforce who brought that to to light in the first place and it actually doesn't matter that's what the, the, uh, that's what the world looks like and that's what our our place in the world world looks like we're both emergent in creating it and we ride on top of it. So it's, it's, it's kind of a two way street. So it, and, and a lot of times, like I, I, I can't even tell you, and I don't know for sure where I came up with some of this in, in the beginning, but I can't tell you that maybe somebody else said something to me that I can't even remember specifically that, that helped, helped me see it. And so that's how the world works. And there's a whole bunch of people stuck in a framework that is exactly the opposite to how the, uh, to, to is essentially measuring the free market. Um, and, and they're, and they're stuck, they don't know they're stuck and they're, um, and I think about a lot of Bitcoiners too. And once you see it, um, you believe everybody else should see it immediately. And it just, the change doesn't happen that fast.
1: Well, well said double underscore, by the way, on uh, price tomorrow, the book. And, uh, yeah, I can, I can definitely say from personal experience as someone who advises people for a living, uh, they never remember where, whether you advise them or somebody else said something, you know, people, people misattribute all the time.
2: And it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if you actually, if, if what you care about is, is, uh, kind of making the world a better place. Then it doesn't matter whether you had attribution to it or or not.
1: That's true. It's true. All right. So I want to switch gears a little bit here, Jeff. Um, it must have been over the last few years an interesting time to be investing in Bitcoin companies. Not that it's ever not an interesting time, but especially in the last few years, as you've been doing with Ego Death. So two related questions for you. First, what are some of the things you've learned about Bitcoin? By investing in Bitcoin companies, and then also, have you learned anything either about VC investing or private investing or investing overall as a result of investing in Bitcoin companies?
2: Yeah, so um, specific, lots to lo, uh, lots to learn, but we had a thesis probably that was very different, um, uh, and 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 I'll say. I was fortunate enough to see the the internet wave early in the internet wave, built companies, and I I remember actually similarly to what's happening in Build Direct. I remember I remember my, when my parents said to me and others around me said, "What are you doing? Right? This is this is nonsense. Like like the, 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 you're going to build an online company, um, and because because you could see what was happening and how all all value would move to something." But uh, something new that delivered more value to people, and I wanted to be a part of it. And it was, it was, uh, it was so exciting. I made a million mistakes, but it, uh, but but the the most talented people on the planet were working in this space, um, in, the, in the in the internet, and you and 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 so I never thought I would get a chance to see that again. And what I see in, in Bitcoin is something way more profound it's uh it, it's 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 bigger than the internet it's bigger than and, and the type of people that are joining this are not just joining it to be able to build incredible value for other people um and get and do well on on the back of it they're joining it because they know they know this um the system can't solve the system problem that exists in the world today and so as they come into this and as they're building onto it you, 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 I, I just actually cannot believe I'm fortunate enough to be a part of this ecosystem and invest in these extraordinary entrepreneurs that are building the future of what uh, the world's gonna look like. Um, I I pinch myself every day that I get to to do that. Now, the other thing I would say that is different um, is if you truly understand Bitcoin and you understand prices fall to the marginal cost of production, in everything, then then barriers can't be built around your built business. Monopolies can't be built around your business with by, by using fiat rails to be able to hold other people out. What it means is you constantly have to deliver value and that value is going, other people are going to see that value, they're gonna copy you and they're gonna compete more, more value. Um, and unless you're constantly providing more value for users, your business won't succeed. And so, uh, so we think very distinctly about that when we're funding entrepreneurs, when we're, we we think about it as a f- much longer ride than typical, what venture would look, look like. Um, and, and we think uh, the, the, we want to be a part of that, that journey with those entrepreneurs. So you almost, you, you have to, you have to love the people you're working with. And you, um, because you know, it's going to be a long journey and you realize that they are going to make mistakes as well. And, um, and not everything's going to work. Um, but, but what a crazy adventure. And then some of those companies that even some of the companies that we've funded, like if you'd look at what, what Fetty is doing and, uh, and, uh, these, these could be, these could be major, major kind of utility type companies. Of the of the uh, of of the future, they will have to constantly innovate to do that. They will have to grow. There's lots of uh, uh, different things, but they'll do that by creating value for users, and and what we think is ten to a hundred times the value that people are getting today. Um, and and that drives in a massive growth curve on the, on these companies by solving these problems. So it's just uh, it's it. And I don't know if you you know this. I don't know when this podcast coming out, but today we launched um, the the launch of our our new fund, a hundred million dollar fund, to be able to invest in uh, in Series A. Because you you think about Bitcoin only entrepreneurs, um, there's a gap in the market, and and those entrepreneurs don't want to go to VCs that invested in a whole bunch of Altcoins, shitcoins, coins, and everything else—they told them that this would happen, right? And and so you want an investor that's a long-term partner. And so there's a there's a gap at the Series A spot uh, space in funding. So we launched today um, a Series A fund and brought uh, Lin and Preston on as partners.
1: Huge congrats! And that's a that's a sizable number. That's a very large number in the Bitcoin space. Yeah. It is,
3: and Preston mentioned he uh, he was like, "Well, some exciting things, but I guess I can't tell you about it yet." So a week later, now we know.
2: <laughs> it's it's super exciting, and and Preston's uh, become a really good friend of mine through like so as, as the, actually many many bitcoiners have but Preston's become a really good friend through the through you get to know people you get to know them very deeply and everything else and he's been extraordinarily on as an advisor in the first fund and so him joining uh, joining the fund as well as Lynn's I could say the same for Lynn um it just but it, it's remarkable you get to work with just brilliant people um and uh like I can't I couldn't imagine being anywhere else
1: Give a test to the brilliance and the character of uh, of all those names you, you mentioned. Um, you mentioned Fetty, by the way, hat tip to Obi, uh, another, you know, just incredible uh, positive player in the space, right? Um, with his exchange, he went Bitcoin only early. They were doing, I remember, attestations right before <laughs> anyone um, trying to build some trust in the industry years uh, years before all the mayhem uh, and carnage that that happened uh, in the last bear cycle. So that's just phenomenal. Well, very excited for you and uh, your team and uh, what you're building in the space because these companies thus far in Bitcoin haven't had a lot of access to capital, let's be honest, uh, and especially experienced capital, uh, capital driven and directed by people who have significant experience not only investing in bitcoin but uh, but in other spaces so that's a that's a huge development
2: and, and the, selfishly and actually for the bitcoin only entrepreneurs and everything else um what's actually happening is they're building uh venture type returns on top of a venture type asset mm-hmm. so think think that through so, you're, so so if you can deliver that type of value 10 to 100 times uh, and, and the market explodes on this and you're collecting and you're denominating your balance sheet in Bitcoin and, and some, some of the companies we've already funded are already profitable. They're growing extraordinarily fast. And they're denominating by creating the, the, the acceleration of Bitcoin adoption globally. Um, they're creating Bitcoin on their balance sheet, which is also, uh, at least in, in relation to fiat currencies, rising against everything else. So so I, I actually, I, I, I can't believe other people don't see it. I can't believe that the massive part of the market, there's a, there's an asymmetry and, and people can't see it because, because it's the most exciting spot to invest uh, in, in, around and just the people are amazing.
1: That's a huge opportunity. And of course the inverse of that is the, is the opportunity cost, which is the, the question I've always asked myself. I've written very, very few uh, checks into Bitcoin companies, but more than zero. And uh, yeah, the question is, oh, am I going to make, you know, am I going to make more than just holding Bitcoin on this, uh, on this opportunity? And of course, there's other benefits um, to the long run, to, to being involved in, in, in building on Bitcoin. But uh, yeah, exponential times an exponential could turn out well. Yeah, Jeff.
3: I want to follow up on that. In my mind, that that means that a key tenant for success uh, for Bitcoin startups is to hold Bitcoin on the balance sheet. But, and, and the idea of like you would want to be generating Bitcoin flow rather than cash flow, right? and then and you know, positive, you know, and, and retain those earnings as Bitcoin. Is that is that something that Go
2: feels is essential to success here? yeah what else? So it's so it's, it's 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 harder to on a podcast in this amount of time to kind of go as deep as you'd need to but we we've actually built treasury management with different companies to be able to make sure that they're they're look, and it depends on the life cycle of a company too you wouldn't want to be caught short and then bitcoin's volatility hurt you and not being able to make payroll or something like that so we've we've Helped our companies create a treasury management uh, strategy, and then depending on that. But but in in the over the long term, yes, you'll acquire more Bitcoin. In fact, the way to acquire more Bitcoin will be investing into after because mining gets uh, less and less as a per- percentage amount of Bitcoin. The way we will be investing in investing and in, or providing value to others, right? Or investing companies that provide value to others, and that's the best way to accrue more Bitcoin. See, it,
3: it, it does remind me of um, two anecdotes
2: of, of Jeff Bezos, and
3: uh, you know when he was looking at starting Amazon in the first place, he you know, the inspiration for it was that, he, he found out that internet usage was growing thirty two hundred percent year over year. Right. And then also, Andy Radcliffe, in Silicon Valley, BC, I always recommends starting your career in a place that's growing 100% year over year for the last few years. That's like the whole, his whole thesis there is that the best thing you can do for your career is put yourself in a, in a high growth company because opportunities will arise. Um, and so it's kind of the marriage of like the best opportunity for talent and for capital is to be in a place where growth rate really is high your, you know, your VC on VC mental model there speaks
2: to. It's a, that's why I say like, it's literally incredible that there isn't a a wall of money chasing it. That's still going to come. But, uh, and I think we just remember where we are in this cycle. Like lightning has grown 20,000% over the last couple of years. Right, um, but it's still relatively small, at least in most people's mind. Most people are still ca- coming to terms with the asset class repricing everything else, let alone <laughs> all of the other layer and what's how fast that's 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 growing, or and they can't see, they can't see what's next until it's in front of them. So build, being able to build what's next and know, I can't say for sure but have a high degree of confidence on what the, and how much value these are going to give to users. is a pretty, pretty extraordinary spot to be.
1: So related to uh, being where the growth is, um, I also want to return to the theme of the pod, which is uh, scarcity. Now, Jeff, I know your first career was in real estate, uh, which is probably an industry that understands scarcity better than most. Was scarcity something I'm curious that you understood from an early time, or did it come to you as a result of experience?
2: I would say a simple, uh, simple supply and demand makes, uh, that intuitively understanding, right. That, uh, that, uh, if something's scarce, uh, then, um, that supply and demand, uh, more demand than, than an asset will push that asset price up. Um. Getting to Bitcoin, and and you know this even in the book, um, I probably had a five percent kind of probability weighting of Bitcoin failing when I uh, when I wrote my book, and that wasn't Bitcoin failing, that was my misunderstanding of why it wouldn't, right? And so so that's really important to note note, um, and so I so I hadn't done, I'd done some of the work I was, I held Bitcoin. I bought a lot more as I was writing, uh, writing the uh, book. Cause it made intuitive sa- sense and it, w- it felt like the only, um, the only thing that could resolve the conflict in financial system by allowing a transition mechanism. Um, so, so, so one system would get worse and worse and one system would get better, but it wasn't until I tried to disprove that hypothesis, um, and, and it used to, it was one of the things I love about Bitcoiners is they're kind of don't trust verify and, 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 they're constantly attacking themselves, right? Attacking the, uh, the, and, and so going through that work and understanding, um, why, why, in my opinion, it wouldn't fail, um, and it would stay decentralized and secure. Now you realize, huh, you have a rock solid foundation that it's scarcity that must reprice the entire world not not might if it stays decentralized and secure it must right so so ne- then the question comes how would it break who would break it? would governments how could they break it what would what would happen what are all the games that would be played from the existing financial system which dominates our control today to this new uh, this new scarce asset, or scarce and decentralized, decentralized and secure asset, what would that look like? Um, and and that's why nothing surprises me from the, the the what the world looks like. It's just it would naturally look like that, as Bitcoin imposes that discipline on everything. Yeah, to the the
1: Richard Cone Doyle quote. Once you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. <laughs> so I, I
2: I love that I I I, I love that I had forgotten that quote, but uh, but I love that because because now you can now you don't have to go from the debasing system through all the confuse, confusion and try to understand economics that is largely made up to be able to to to. To confiscate, to hide that fact that prices fall to the marginal cost of production, most simple economic terms, Um, and and everything else. Oh, I'm going to change the value of this asset so the bank doesn't fail. I'm going to do this. I'm going to all of the the three letter words and the the just complete nonsense that people are looking through to try to understand, and it's really confusing. It's I almost think. Is it made to look that confusing to hide the theft and money um and 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 is all economics everything phds the entire thing the entire amount of waste in the system all to defraud people i i i I, and i don't think it actually i i think there's a belief and people believe that and it feeds on it but but if you just looked at the objective facts on the truth, what the free market looks like versus what this looks like. Um, it, it, and, and then you'll have this coping that people say, well, it, it can't be a free market, but then they'll, then they'll advocate for a free market in their own business. Right. Um, it's, it, it's, it's so crazy, but so now if you know that the, the, that you have something scarce, decentralized and secure, and if it stays decentralized and secure, and um and scarce then it is repricing everything else then you change your frame from the future looking backwards instead of from now looking forwards and what would happen and what would be the uh uh, those uh, what would those events look like on both systems and it's really easy to see i'm 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 shocked that it's so hard
1: it is and the complexity uh, thing um, by the way, I'm, I'm almost all the way through uh, Lynn Alden's book, Broken Money, and she does a phenomenal job of describing the monetary system. And of course, it is so much more complicated than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is hard to understand for most people. It was hard for me to understand. And of course, I'm still learning about it myself. There's new things I learn every day, every week. But the simplicity of the tenets and the assumptions are such that yeah, it it's for me. It, I still can't understand the complexity of the fiat system. I'll be honest with you, having worked in, worked in the fiat system, and uh, being tasked with trying to explain it to clients, uh, I still struggle with it.
3: I always come back to the. I always think about um, the world went from a, a geocentric model of of the solar system. And universe to the, the heliocentric model. And The geocentric model required epicycles, which were, were little tiny circles in the other planets' orbits, in order to make them make sense in a geocentric model. And so we got really, as 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 we got better at studying the sky, we developed more and more intricate explanations to
2: um,
3: to explain how things were happening, rather than challenging the core assumption. Yeah. And, and you know we live in this world where the monetary system has this religious reverence for this core tenet that inf- the 2% inflation is good and necessary and you can't challenge that uh, and so you have to create epicycles around
2: that in order to explain everything i use that all the time uh, um, th- th- that same Maybe thing Maybe not from you i don't know but it, but it, no and and but but it's but but that's you're so used to and and think about uh, think about Galileo or think about like how long that took to change change minds and sure the minds are going to change faster this time, but uh, but that's what people are fighting through and, and and it's amazing to see somebody so it's it's amazing to see somebody, um, and maybe many of the people that are listening to this podcast too. It's amazing to see somebody say, um, "Yep." the free the deflation is natural state of the free market. And then at the same time go, yep, I'm going to measure it all in a fiat depeasing currency. Right? And I'm going to make that stronger in my life. So, so when you like, I, I, I don't understand how those two things could be true at the same, at the same time, unless you decide, I want to concentrate all wealth to control me. Because, because the, 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 path, the, the path, that path that path dependency requires, if prices should come down and, and every year as technology gets better, that, that, that we should get more for less. But the only way to stop it is to steal more money. Then, then what would the system look like? Because it would have to get worse as technology moved faster and faster. The concentration of that uh, that wealth and the, and what th- that system would say, would have to get worse and worse as well. So, so that's actually why I say it's way easier just to, if it's true that it's decentralized and secure and capped at capped uh, at twenty one million and everybody should do their own work on why, um, then, uh, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter actually about me, you. And it, it will impose this um, across the world in time.
1: So Bitcoin does its own thing, marches to the beat of its own drum. Um, I sometimes think I'm, uh, literally in some ways, physically connected to the whole system and I know that this, uh, this master marches independently, uh, to, to what I think or feel or, uh, or care about And there's, uh, there's nothing I can do about that. I wonder Jeff. You, you break it down so simply from first principles to, okay, if this, if true, then the following true, and it doesn't take, you know, it takes like one axiom to begin and then it's, and then logic follows. Do you think that people struggle with that because they just anchor to the old system and they say, okay, I hear you, Jeff, your, your explanation sounds logical. And so I'm going to apply some significant probability to it being correct, but less than hundred percent because everyone around me tells me something different. And so I'm like probability weighting the possibility that Jeff is correct, uh, you know, and sort of existing in some, I don't know, quantum, quantum state between <laughs> two possibilities. How do people think?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't know how everybody else thinks. I didn't know. For me, I did the same thing, and I, like I said, I had a probability weighting that wasn't as high as it is today. Um, and, uh, and now, and, and and so, so my work got me to too, as I was trying to disprove this, got me deeper. I haven't seen an argument, and like I put my book out four years ago. You can you imagine how much I talk about this all over the world? But I haven't seen somebody actually challenge the the fact that. Prices follow the marginal cost of production over a long enough uh, time time period because that's what we do. Right? I haven't silence. seen the uh, silence and, is deafening, isn't um,
1: it? And and
2: so and, and I, I also and so what I find is it's too hard to believe that prices could fall forever for people because they are living in a different system and they've been they they believe inflation is required for a productive society. And and so I try to get into to and Jesse said this like why do they believe inflation is required, so and, and like specifically why, um and it, because you can hear peer, people parrot that, but it that by the way that didn't change that doesn't change my core tenant, it's just they have a belief that inflation is required, and so now if you follow their belief that is inflation is required, and it, it, you you could just change the words and you could say. So you believe that people should steal a portion of your money every year to trade with other humans. That's, that's your belief. Cause that's what you're saying, right? You don't vote for it. You don't have, you, so so you you believe that there should be a hidden theft in money that take steals from some people and transfers to others to be able to trade around the world. That's what you believe. And, and so now you, you can challenge, okay, why do you believe that? And then they'll say, well, nobody would buy, if you, nobody buys things if, if prices come down and then you say, what about that phone you have in your pocket? Right. Or do you buy a TV or do you, would you buy food? And you start to go down the path of, for them, why is it that they believe that? Um, and, and as they start to understand that belief is just because somebody else told them so, um, And who might have told you so? Maybe potentially the people that are on top of the system that benefits from that. Is that who told you? Um, And and they start to unwind it for themselves. Thanks for tuning in. If you're interested in exploring any of these topics
0: further or want to learn more about how we can help you secure a new or existing Bitcoin allocation, get in touch with our team at onrampbitcoin.com. We look forward to supporting you on your Bitcoin journey.
3: Invariably, it, it ends up being the um, people who, who tell, you know, who instruct everyone on this system are, you know, I think it's the, the non-malicious um, priests of epicycles, yep. people who are, have created a career for themselves by genuinely trying to explain the system um, that's wrong. Uh, yep. and, and that's how we, that's required for that, for that whole system to keep operating and, and perpetuating. You know, I experienced that at, at business school. I, you know, I, at no point did I detect any of my uh, professors um, trying to hoodwink me. They genuinely believed in the monetary system that they were teaching us about, and they'd made their careers in it. Um, and that's how it's so convincing, you know, is because everybody believes it, except for the the, the man behind the curtain or somebody who originated this this, uh, this fallacy. Um, and everybody else since then doesn't realize that they um, are participating in a system that's based on a, a faulty assumption.
2: And and Jesse, I I think you're right. I think that's what it looks like. And and so most people within the system are caught in that same, uh, trying to do good in the same system. And it and and it would challenge their ego in such a way, their ego, their their entire construct of their reality. It breaks down uh, in such a harsh way. If everything you've taught who you are is wrong, right? So, so that that that's a really hard thing to take. Like uh, I, I spent fifty years of my life talking about the, uh, this thing, teaching pe- te- people. It's based. It's uh, based on a mistruth, right? That'd be really hard to. So, so no wonder it goes on. It it it, it carries on. And so there's people that come in and just put their head in this end, it can't be true. And when you ask them, they just, they change the topic, right? So a lot of people, and we are talking about my thesis, they just change the topic.
1: Okay.
2: Yep, I agree with that. Now I'm going to change the topic.
1: <laughs> also, <laughs> let's talk about something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about something related. And this question uh, comes from my friend, Brendan Lane, which is what do you think the transition looks like, right? Will it be gradual? Will it be uh, chaotic? Uh, do you assign scenarios? How do you think about that?
2: And so that's hard to give a pithy answer of one thing because there's so many different tail events and so many different things that, that are likely to happen on, uh, on the way through. What I would say is this though, um, if you're measuring from Bitcoin, and you're spending more time in Bitcoin, you're actually already living in the future. So, so I keep I, 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 I keep getting asked the question all the time: When will it happen? Like it's a light switch. Um, and it, it, like I mean, from really good friends who know my, my my work, and I said it is happening, right? In the last, I, I use the that house example that I use all the time: my my house going from one point four million to two point one million in fiat, in Canadian dollars but in the same three and a half years and, in and, in Bitcoin going from 300 Bitcoin to 35 Bitcoin, right? I'm already living in the system. That's repricing everything. Just that most people aren't choosing to. And, and I would, and, and so once you're living in that system and you understand it's repricing everything else, you also want to spend time with all of those people building to truth, hope and abundance. And all of those people like you guys, right? Why we've become friends. Why, uh, why, why there's so many brilliant people in this space is those people are aligned to a bigger, uh, bigger mission than themselves. Um, and, and, and when you can, you, not that we have to agree on all the things, but when you can agree on the, on the most important things, the rest is pretty easy. And, and, and so now. And at first, I, and I've said this on multiple podcasts, I was a hypocrite because because I had a hedge on the existing system blowing up. I knew exactly what would happen, all the steps that would make it blow up, and what it would look like. And I had a hedge protecting myself in in Bitcoin. And, and and so that, by the way, that was quite shocking for me um, to realize that I too was, was like that. So, so I can't complain about other people being somewhat on that path right now too. Cause I was, and it wasn't And so I had some Bitcoin, but I had 90% of my time in the fiat world boards and everything else in the fiat world. It wasn't to, And that's part of the reason for starting the fund. I needed to resolve that conflict in me. I needed to move my time to the system I wanted to see in the world. To, uh, to help advance advance that and so what i can say is by doing so it's just been so power so uh, it's so incredible and so i I'd, I'd, I'd love to see more people spending more time spending finding ways to spend more time and i get asked that all the time where do i start where it's an open network it's open to these uh, you could start anywhere you could start a uh, you, you could start by grabbing Bitcoiners uh, 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 Ben from uh, BTC sessions, just put on a market right and uh, and you could do that in your town. You could run your your uh, podcast, you can run meetups. You could build a business on top of that that so, uh, that solves a problem for others and create lots of uh, lots of value. Theres there are tons of ways if you if you don't want to start your own thing, you could start to get to know some of the great bitcoiners that are building other things. And see where you can help them, um, but there are immense amount of opportunities. It's it, because it's growing so fast, and that, that talent to, in building the system is going to expand. And those people are going to be some of the people here are going to be look like kind of the in the new system the the people who invented Google and the people that uh, that that all the technology that we take for granted for today iPhone. Some of the people that we're talking about right now in our networks are going to be those people in time.
1: The future is here, it's just not evenly distributed. And uh, get involved, people. If you feel compelled to do something in Bitcoin, do it. I certainly felt compelled. I know Jesse did. There's also diff- different levels of involvement. Uh, you can jump in with both feet, go full-time Bitcoin uh, like my man Jesse. You can uh, sort of dip in and out of it uh, as I have. Um, you know, based on the life constraints that I have, and uh, there's so much to do, there's so much uh, work to do. Yeah.
3: You're being a little unkind to yourself, Andy. You, you, I, if, I, if, if I was to, to characterize what you're doing and have done, it's, I think you've recognized that your opportunity to contribute to Bitcoin is to help build the bridge between old world wealth management and and a, and a new world of Bitcoin. And that bridge needs to be built, and so like you know, millions of people can cross that bridge once it's built. Um, but you know that I think that's emblematic of a lot of things in Bitcoin, where Bitcoin is its own protocol, its own island that exists, and it needs a lot of infrastructure around it to be built out and on top of it to be built out, and that connects to the old world in many many places, and I think that's where a lot of opportunity lies. Over the next decade, and I'm sure I'm sure Jeff feels the same way since he's invested. Yeah, I,
2: in that. I, I, I agree. But you, even Andy, like, you, I told would. Um, you wrote a book on this. Um, yeah. How many people that, are, that from writing that book had no idea about Bitcoin, and now we're really great Bitcoiners and moving forward? And how many of the people do you touch? One person and that then touches ten million. So yeah. that's, what, that's what I'm getting at. We all matter. And, and whatever way you want to contribute matters. Uh, and so uh, I just, uh, and that's a really powerful thing in this, in an open network that anybody, anywhere in the world can contribute in any way. Um,
1: and multiple touches are, are important. So Jeff has nailed, you know, the first principles, you know, from the studs on why this is true. And yet us being humans, you know, we need repetition, I guess, call it social proof, but. You know you don't want to just hear the truth from one source you want to hear it from multiple sources and so if you're an individual out there that does bitcoin and literally anything else there's an opportunity for you
2: totally totally
1: <laughs> it's it's literally that simple. all right well i'd actually like to uh to switch gears a little take a question from no second best at, on twitter and His question is, what technology that is not Bitcoin or AI, okay, not Bitcoin or AI, do you see Jeff as having the most potential to improve the world in the next 10 years? And maybe I'll also add improve the world and also perhaps be an investment opportunity.
2: Yeah, so technology is a lot of times a double-edged sword. The same thing that can improve can destroy the world. Um, and, And so, it's a it's a tool that we use to make our lives better when some and if it's controlled by a very small group of people it can make our lives worse um this is what this is why all of the technology makes the world a more dangerous place without bitcoin all of the technology because, because from the existing system that has to steal that abundance. Now, remember technology, if you just, and I don't know the number here, it's an unknowable unknown, right? The, but, but if I was to postulate on what the deflation rate should be right now, if you just normalize, there was no debt. In other words, the productivity led deflation rate, um, I would postulate that it's about negative 5% a year and expanding and going faster. And so the IMF just came out with a report that in the next 10 years, 40% of the jobs are going to go away. So what that, what that, what that means is the deflation rate is going to accelerate. What that means from the existing system is you could have 0% inflation rate. You can't because the debt would collapse, but, but you could have, uh, a 0% inflation rate and it could still be stealing from you. Huh. So, uh, right. so you're not measuring from zero. You're measuring from negative and And so, if you're capturing that and stealing that money, then the outcomes from that system that centralize because it's based on theft have to get worse and And the rate at which we're moving with technology that that's why I talked about the exponential rate. um remember A- 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 AI is the exact same rate of growth for about sixty years. It's just people are measuring it linearly except for instead of exponentially. And so, so they can't see the next step of the movie. They can't see the next frame of the movie because they're not watching how the movie is playing out. They're surprised that all of a sudden we have this when you could see for sure it was kind of, that's what I talked about in the book, right? That's why there were two chapters on AI um, in, in the book because you could see the exponential wave coming of what that would mean and then what it would mean specifically for the financial system. So it's really important to note that people typically look in silos instead of systems. And so when you're asking a silo question of the technology that's going to make a difference on top of a system that must capture that technology and take it, take the the productivity that should flow to you in the form of lower prices to somebody else, then you're you're destroying the world as a result because people will go to war. Um, and and with very different weapons um to be able to control other people that's what it, and it'll get worse and uh, worse and worse so there is no tech without bitcoin that is the path um and in fact it's such a it's such a profound path i'd actually don't humanity might not survive that transition path without uh, uh without it um and uh and then if you said what other things are going to accelerate it robotics robotics is going to merge with ai and most of the things we think about the digital uh uh, universe today and we can do this we can touch millions Mm -hmm. of people from this conversation where we couldn't have done that before or the cost to do that would have been so prohibitive um and that and AI is gonna merge with AI is gonna keep going. It's gonna, you're gonna have artificial general intelligence and then it's gonna merge with robotics. Um, And that those robotics are gonna take everything into the physical world and reduce the price at step functions exponentially there as well. And why that must flow to us in the form of lower prices is Bitcoin. Otherwise, Otherwise things break really badly.
1: Yeah. The logic of cybernetics. Um, by the way, another book recommendation uh, I have for people: Norbert Wiener. You know, guy was guy was working with Claude Shannon uh, at MIT. I don't know, not a century ago, but getting getting almost that long ago. And uh, these basic concepts, as Jeff you just pointed out, they've been known. You know, the curves have been there. I only learned about this. I don't know maybe 10 years ago um uh, but uh but the the evidence has been has been there staring us right in the face just like a lot of these concepts we've talked about today and uh yeah there there's uh there's really no uh arguing with the logic in in my view on this stuff
2: we haven't been able to i would say that's why that you build bitcoin so unique and also that uniqueness makes it so hard to understand because there has never been in the history of humans something that could be decentralized and secure. Yep. So we always, because there wasn't, we always had to put an institution in the middle of that to protect us from, yeah. from governments taking our rights. Um, and and over time, those institutions would be corrupt, co-opted by the money because money uh, rises up. So money is superordinate to law. And and the, and they who have the money change the laws or fight the laws until they're changed. Um, and so you see this repeat over and over again in history. I, I, additionally to that, the winners write the history books. So, so you know our entire human history has this error code that replays through and through and through in these cycles um the, until it it hits a breaking point um and and then replay and it resets and uh, um typically through global conflict um and and then uh, then resets again and we never had we never had something like bitcoin so if we never had something like a bitcoin um and all of the history books are written on other things then it would obviously be hard for people to understand because they're relying on their prior beliefs to be able to do this. And and the work that you have to do in Bitcoin to be able to understand why this is different, why it it remains decentralized, why it remains secure, why it remains hard-capped is the work that you have to do to then say, what what would that impose on society? What would it look like? What would the transition look like from a whole bunch of people who believe it can't happen because it's never happened to now it's happening?
1: What a blessing to, uh, number one, be living this time, and number two, to to have this tool uh, that we can use, hopefully, to help manage this transition. Um, I'm curious what you think, you know, obviously with the ETF approvals last week, uh, major step to mainstreaming, uh, yet people in power, politicians are still struggling with this thing, still struggling to learn about it, wrap their arms around it, you know, do you think uh what I guess what learnings or thoughts do you have about the political process, either in general or what can individuals do to uh, to affect change and, and the right outcomes here? Any thoughts?
2: Um, It's going to be messy. It's going to be messy as one person at a time understands what we're up against and moves moves over to the new system. But once you've seen it, you can't unsee it um and that's going to be messy around the world as they, as most people give their power to politicians to be able to steal their power or or hold their money in a bank or a regulated bank that and you know that you have regulation on top of a system designed to steal your money so how could that work and so and then you have what's called a democratic process but you don't have a vote in inflation you don't have a vote in how much money is stolen um and and so the these the democratic process breaks down over time out out of this and you can see this that you can see this happening and the political process which is driven by money goes and lobbies for where where the pockets of money uh, money are to to favor their constituents and those constituents don't know that this is happening either and if you ask those constituents And you said listen we're going to build a new system and that's in the rules of that new system is every every year you're going to need to work less and you're going to gain more as a result um they would say build it first and then i'll see right so they wouldn't nobody would vote for that so if you had a politician say that they would be thrown out in their ear they wouldn't be they would be unelectable so that's why you have to impose the rules globally um, on a new system and, and, and the people moving to that new system are creating kind of a parallel system. But that means if most people don't see it and most people actually make the system stronger through their actions, right? Oh, I just need enough to pay myself. Right. And then I will one day do this. And so most people uh, do the same the same thing. What about my family? What does it matter? And every, we're all um, we're self interested. In, <laughs> we play a movie in our head, and we're the prime act, we're the, the actor of the movie, right? Ninety nine percent of our actions are in our own head. Doing that. so, in other words, we don't typically do these things. Well, we'll broadly, and I could. Tell I'm doing it for somebody else, but it's really for me first, right? You can see that. You can see that through all, all all society, Um, and they believe, but they're so power so that belief is so strong that they're actually doing it for somebody else. If you looked at Elizabeth Warren as an example, she she might actually believe that she's helping the, uh, her constituents, that uh, that she's destroying. She actually might believe that and why, because they go to her and they say, we love you, right? Fight those big banks, even though behind, you're probably getting back. <laughs> uh, but, but, they, uh, they believe it. And so that, that existing, existing globally will continue to look like that. And most people, even if you just look at a lot of what will travel more on the internet, yelling, yelling at something. Talking about the WEF, talking about the, uh, like, it was creating a whole bunch of fear porn or building to hope. What will travel? Uh, what will travel more? I would say the hope's way longer lasting and it actually changes minds for But if you want a quick hit, talk about the existing system. You'll get tons, and then you get a ton of virality. You get more people reinforcing you and you'll make the existing system stronger but through uh, through your actions so it just if you just take the sum total of what we just said um it means this is going to play out for a long time um, and it's going to well the new system emerges and the people building that new system build new rails and and, and different technology that makes it easier and easier to interact with and and more people will walk across the bridge
1: so and all the more important to take uh, take the long term view uh the the cycles in bitcoin uh are dramatic can be brutal um i do want to hit you know a focus now on the year to come that we've just started here in 2024 um you know what do you uh what are you excited for you're excited for building the long-term solution which is much appreciated um are there any sort of tangible events or things you're looking forward to in the new year here so it,
2: let, let's play this etf uh, as a scenario on both sides right so and and You'll, you'll see people that'll be binary on one thing. So the good news is it's going to credentialize this asset and bring a whole bunch more people on. So a whole bunch more awareness. You, you essentially now have BlackRock marketing Bitcoin. Um, uh, now, if, you're, uh, uh, if you understand Bitcoin to the level that you guys do, um, then you know it needs to stay decentralized and secure. And, and self custody is the way to do that. And that's, uh, that's really important. But that means that, that BlackRock is going to bring on and make this asset class normalize and, and others and fidelity and normalize its other, and a whole bunch more Bitcoiners who are then going to learn that journey. I suspect that at the same time as that's happening, you could say, is this coordinated or is it not coordinated? But it might be coordinated that Warren et al trying to drive the us away from self custody and make bitcoin Ill- illegal to be able to, to hold in self custody might be coordinated it might not be but it but the there's i would say if you look if you read the tea leaves and you understand how systems work like this and the power that the the power that bitcoin takes from the the most mighty of financial systems and political players that are extracting wealth and gives it back to people, you can understand that the fight must be, extra- it will be extraordinary. But now, so let's let's imagine the, uh, a bunch of these ETF players or, uh, or, or trying to fractionalize Bitcoin and drive enough. So by doing so, they'll short. And drive prices down in the short uh, in, in, in the in the short term, and combined with an office action uh, through FinCEN, that could create some fear and some price pressure in the short term. But what will happen because of that? It, 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 Bitcoiners who know about this asset class and what's more and more people are de- having something decentralized and secure we'll take those out of and put them into self custody as fast as prices go down is it'll be just screaming. And that would cause a short squeeze of epic proportions to the point that some financial, some major financial intermediary would be liquidated. And so that is one of the things that can happen. And that could happen along with the having that could happen after the having that could happen at, at, at some point, but I would say, um, not not with a ninety percent probability, but I would say that some of these things are likely to happen. I just don't know how the how the game's going to be played. I don't have enough insight. I just know the first principles of Bitcoin, and I know it will force this um, in time. So I don't care about I don't care about the price of Bitcoin measured to a fiat instrument. <laughs> I care about Bitcoin repricing every everything. Which it is, which do, it, it's doing, and it doesn't matter. And and so now take that out of, and take in a different example. Our total, the liquidity of the system is, at some point, there needs to be a vast amount of liquidity pumped into the system. That liquidity will be a massive driver of Bitcoin. If there isn't liquidity in the system, you're going to have a deflationary spiral. And the deflationary spiral will, will wipe out assets and capital so fast and they'll keep going until there's a step then then it then it needs to be an exponential amount of liquidity to try to stop that from happening um but let's just pretend that kept going bitcoin would fall in that but it would only fall in fiat terms it would still rise against every other asset price so 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 i i find the biggest i i find the biggest um uh, probably confusion with uh, with even even a bunch of people in Bitcoin is what we're talking about now. They're they're so used to measuring Bitcoin through a fiat instrument that they keep on doing that, and that's the error code. Um, and if you don't, doesn't matter. It just it's it's going to continue to reprice the world. Um, and all all assets, all everything will fall against it. Yeah.
3: Dude. There's some very helpful charts out there about price of Bitcoin in an ounce of gold terms uh, or versus an ounce of gold or versus a a median house. Uh, And those are steady downtrends. And I fall into that trap. We all fall into that trap of paying attention to the dollar price of Bitcoin when Really it is about what's the purchasing of your savings and how is that changing over time and, and what kind of life does that um, create for you and your family, and and that's why I flipped my switch. And you talked earlier about it. Like, people ask you if this is a light switch moment, and but then he any about it's an individual choice, an individual process that everybody goes through independently. So everybody has their own light switch, and it's it's not an all or nothing moment. It's really a, like a it's a sliding light switch where you go, you go from zero to a hundred, totally. uh, and each individual does that, and collectively the world goes from light off to light on Um, but but it's all because each individual has to recognize that my savings grows in this system and my purchasing appreciates in in this system and and, in the current system yeah and then and
2: then 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 you start going into what does that change and it mm-hmm. it changes the, the amount of things that that changes, Jesse, and I, you you know this. But it 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 uh, I'm I'm tempted to write a new book. Um, yeah, and I've always said I wasn't going to write a new book, but I, I'm tempted. To, I'm I'm tempted to write a new book on on. I would on, love to on... put in a
3: pre order for that one. <laughs>
2: on 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 what changes and how this how this looks on the other side it's going to be a long play out but it's uh but but it's a stay it's it's a rise in consciousness of society is what happens
1: beautiful i think jeff's writing uh writing a new book Uh, (laughs) it sounds like it has to happen (laughs) i certainly look forward to it well um as we close up here jeff um any uh, other topics you want to hit on, or places you want to direct people to learn more about your thoughts and your activities?
2: No, no. I just uh, pleasure being on with you guys. Congrats on the new podcast. You guys are uh, you guys are doing great work.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff. Pleasure's all ours. Really appreciate you coming on. What a fun chat. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you,
2: Andy. Jesse. Thanks, Jesse.